This is the Climate Monitor podcast. Today, an op-ed issued by Earth, our joint climate credit card. Whether it's the cost of recovering from floods, the loss of labor productivity due to extreme heat, higher food prices, an escalating price of goods and services, increased health risks and expenses, disruptions due to extreme weather, or increased local taxes to fight climate change, you are paying for and deferring your personal escalating climate debt all at the same time. Think of climate change as your unique public charge account, but a bit different from the card in your wallet. Right now, there are virtually no limits on your climate spending. Ever since you were born, your carbon footprint has been assigned to your specific inherited debt instrument. You really never thought about it, but now the climate is rating you delinquent as your obligation is way past due. Your climate options are narrowing, as this unnatural debt grows, and individually you have few, if any, ways to pay for what you have contributed to our shared global emergency unless government, business, and people work very fast. Every time you use a carbon-based energy system to heat or cool your house and business, each meal you eat with food produced through non-green production methods, every fossil fuel ride you take You increase your climate spending and the resulting cost to each of us, even the unborn. That debt is unwillingly but simultaneously banked for future generations. But just as there is no such thing as a free lunch, there is no such thing as a free planet. The fourth National Climate Assessment, released in 2018, concludes, with regard to the economic impact of climate change, quote, Without substantial and sustained global mitigation and regional adaptation efforts, climate change is expected to cause growing losses to American infrastructure and property and impede the rate of economic growth over this century, end quote. The authors also warn, quote, with continued growth in emissions at historic rates, annual losses in some economic sectors are projected to reach hundreds of billions of dollars by the end of the century more than the current gross domestic product of many U.S. states, end quote. When it comes to global change, what we do individually, we also simultaneously burden ourselves collectively. Ignoring climate impacts means increasingly disrupted and degraded public infrastructure, diminished property interests, loss of labor productivity, endangered tourism, escalating public health consequences, stressed international trade, exponentially pressured local, state, and national government budgets, and many more economic and financial consequences at micro and macro levels. The doctrine of avoidable consequences, which in law means the opportunity to mitigate damages before they escalate unnecessarily, is applicable to the realities of a warmer and degraded earth. While some late responsible actions are being taken proactively by businesses, local and some state governments, in large part, we wait for dramatic action, a silver bullet, if you will, to stop the madness of destroying the planet for future generations with our own greed and general inaction. Yet, at the same time, we hurt our present financial status. 
each day, in fact, each hour, your climate debt contribution goes up. Due to decades of neglect for all of us, we are nearing the point of environmental bankruptcy. That's because you are not paying your debt down. Neither am I. Instead, we are mindlessly spending and creating greenhouse gas emissions like there's no tomorrow. The problem is that kind of thinking will mean that literally, mere decades from now, there may not be a tomorrow with oceans that support life, an atmosphere which can protect species of all types, or agriculture which sustains the human condition. Case in point, according to Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, Democrat of Rhode Island on the May 6th episode of Resources Radio, quote, but it's four Hiroshima-style bombs worth of heat per second that we are adding to the oceans, end quote. If you think that is too radical, consider the May 6th United Nations report on biodiversity, which was approved by over 132 nations, including the United States. The effects of climate change imperil and, along with other factors, threaten extinction of more than one million species. Turned into a larger reality because of inaction, the impact on humankind will be profound. Due to the laws of physics and economics, we are simply on borrowed time. In the United States, public debt and the budget deficit continue to rise at velocities which make our heads spin when we seriously ponder the foreseeable consequences. We worry about oppressive student and consumer debt and unfettered borrowing. We often resist our own rational budgetary impulses. We do try to take action on these issues. However, we do relatively little about borrowing time with dangerous increased emissions, putting off the hard choices for the comfort of the day just to achieve a false sense of comfort in the name of convenience. The fossil fuel system is like a bank that charges a grotesquely morphed form of interest. You pay to purchase gasoline or electrical power, which is produced by non-green methods. Each time you pay your fuel bill or send money for utilities, you are adding to a type of hyper-usury interest because you are also escalating the global consequences of unchecked greenhouse gas emissions. We are all deceived by thinking we have paid for these items at the time of purchase and that our obligation is complete when we use our plastic or cash. But in fact, once we pay our immediate individual obligations, we also increase our own growing debt to the pale blue dot. One would think that government will come to the rescue. Sadly and inexplicably, it has thus far failed. But when government encourages a fossil fuel-based system which continues to incur individual climate debt, its actions morph into a form of predatory environmental lending. As we keep up the status quo in producing carbon-based energy, society lets all the peoples of Earth pay the ever-increasing stratospheric price, knowing full well they cannot control the cost without the tools of science, innovation, imagination, and yes, political will at all levels of governance. There's one more necessary ingredient, personal sacrifice. For those of you who strive for good credit, your climate credit score is horrible. There are a few precious years left to raise that score. So what's left in your planetary wallet? Ever since global warming was recognized as a public menace during the Johnson administration, 
government has failed to take necessary proactive measures to cut your obligations to your climate card. Each year that has passed, we have been like drunken spenders, not exercising care while adding costs to the society of today and the civilizations of tomorrow. To be sure, it really has not been your fault. In the 1960s to the early 2000s, technology and economic analysis was just not mature enough to make a dent in climate accounts. Here is today's reality, however. Now we have the tools to do better. The climate debt reduction tools are carbon capture and fees, green energy systems, and the exercise of personal responsibility. But like most humans, generally we decide to comfort only our selfish short-term needs rather than bank on our long-term obligations. There is no climate debt constraint system in the United States or even globally. One case in point is China's efforts to produce clean energy while still building coal-fired electrical systems. Another is domestic drilling for oil and gas resources that will eventually warm the earth to Arctic and Antarctic liquidity and flood our coastal regions to the point of toxic non-recognition. In the private sector, public relations experts for carbon-dependent industries talk a good game about being green, but they cover up the continued march toward higher global climate debts. If we reject dishonest business practices as individual consumers, why do we accept threatening human-created practices which harm us all? Thus far, other than NASA, NOAA, the Pentagon, and other scientific-minded public institutions, our government is not really doing anything to help your climate debt. There is no central climate bank in the U.S. to regulate the cost of our warming debt. But we need such a system. While responsible and creative proposals languish in the halls of our national government as proffered legislation, our institutional systems are too slow for the challenges posed by climate debt. It is time for all to look at global change and extreme weather through the prism of credit. No one likes poor credit ratings, whether you believe humans contribute to climate change or not. All of us across our deeply divided political nation owe it to ourselves and those we do not know to take action today. Stand up for your economic interests and rise up for your planet. Let's create a price on carbon and fight back. We can enact a fee on carbon use and start paying down our debt in a meaningful way. We can, collectively, despite all our fractures and differences, come together for our own survival and employ the forces of change to revitalize our Earth. Only then can we give ourselves ethical credit. Thanks for joining this installment of the Climate Monitor podcast. I'm Mitch Chester. If you have an op-ed on climate change or sea level rise issues, please let us know. We'll be happy to consider it for broadcast on Climate Monitor.